Hey, church, I'm so glad that you are carving out some time to gather together uh, around God's word. Uh, I'm excited uh, about our time uh, together. There's really sort of three movements uh, that we're going to move through today. And the first one, uh, and really the second for that matter, is really to serve as a reminder for us. Some things that we hold important, that we value, uh, not just as people that are part of Hill City Church, but, but people that are part of following Jesus, part of the body of Christ. Uh, the first one is this, and you're going to hear us talk more and more about this in the days and weeks um, to come, but this one won't be a surprise to anyone. It's just the importance and the value of just being in your Bibles daily, having a rhythm of coming to God's Word. Uh, I love that we have a rhythm where we do it together. We gather together around God's Word. That's a beautiful thing, and I want us to always cherish it. The Bible even admonishes us in places to to not grow weary or tired or to forsake the gathering, the coming together of God's people, that it's important. It has a value. But friend, I, I believe that we, in the same way, probably strive to have three square meals a day because we know our body needs it. My soul, your soul, needs nourishment from the word. Man does not live by bread alone, but on every word that proceeds and comes from the mouth of God. Here is the inspired word of God. And so what we're going to be doing, endeavoring for this year, is to read the New Testament together as a church. And I want you to be a part of that. You can go to our website and get all of the details, the breakdown, the rhythm of the reading, because what we're saying is we want to take our time and we want to move through this together and so regardless if you miss a day, regardless if you haven't been engaged with it for a while, there's an easy entrance back into it. You see, for us, we say things like this. We just want you to read more of God's word this year than you did last year. We want you to read the word more this year than you have in years previous. That's our goal. And so I want to remind us what the Word of God says, Psalm 119, verses 9 through 11. It's a psalm that is directly in the middle of the Scriptures. Here's what I find powerful, that right in the middle of the Scriptures is a reminder for us of how important and pivotal the Word of God is for us. It says, how can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your Word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I've stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Friends, when we talk about Bible reading, daily Bible reading, this is so that we can store up the word of God in us to keep our hearts pure, keep our ways straight. Listen to me. If I get far from my Bible, look out. I want to stay near the Word of God. I, I know that you feel the same. And this is a year, this is a time, man, we're just gathering around together and we're saying, hey, let's do this together as a community, as a people. I'm also excited about the discipline of fasting. I want us to cherish the spiritual disciplines. They're, they're tools for us. They're important to us in terms of how we live and move and, and find our way in Jesus. I want to be clear. Spiritual disciplines are never, they're, they're never about gaining our salvation or earning God's favor or God's pleasure. But what the disciplines do is they reform us and they shape us and they push us closer into who Jesus is calling us to be. And so church, we're beginning to fast 
Again, you can find some information, some resources on our website. Um, you could head over there after our time together and just begin to get familiar about the fast, when we're starting, how we're beginning, what all that looks like. But some key components for us as, as we're fasting and as we're thinking about, I want us to remember what Jesus says in Matthew chapter six. He says, listen, when you're fasting, he said, don't make a production of it. He says, don't somber your face. He said, don't, don't walk with sort of this limp. Don't, don't look to gain notoriety from people about the thing that is actually supposed to be private between you in the Lord. And so we fast as a community. Yes, we're encouraging one another. Yes, we're championing one another to push deeper in um, to the things of God. And there are multiple types of fasts that you could do. You could do a complete fast. This would be where you are just drinking water, maybe some juices, and you are doing that for a period of time. You are you are seeking the Lord in this way. You you may you may not do a complete fast, but maybe you do a selective fast. Many of you've heard about the Daniel fast, where maybe you're just refraining or abstaining from certain food items that are maybe normative in your diet, and you're just saying, listen, I'm not going to enjoy these things for this period of time. I remember a couple years ago, my son, Caden, he said, Dad, he said, I wanna, I'm going to fast sweets. And I just love the intention that he did that with. I love the thought that he, that he did that with. And so here's what I want to encourage you with. Man, if if my, at that time, 11-year-old son, man, could do it, and so could you, and so can I. And so we can do a complete fast, we can do a selective fast, you might do a partial fast, where, where maybe there is this, this sense where there's a period of time during the day you're not going to eat. Maybe you're not going to partake of food between sunup and sundown. Maybe you're, you're going to sort of wait in between the hours of like 6 a.m. and 3 p.m. You're, you're not going to eat between a, a, a given period of time. And during that time, you are devoting yourself. You're being more intentional about how you're seeking, how you're hearing from God. Or, or maybe if you're just beginning this idea of, man, what does it look like for, for me to fast? How do, I, how do I do this? Maybe you want to do what, what some call a soul fast. And, and so this is... Maybe you, you, you fast or you turn off social media. Maybe you get off your, your screens for pleasure, but you're just saying no to something. I heard somebody say that years ago, and it's always stuck with me. That fasting at its core is us saying no to something so that we can say yes to something greater. You see, the purpose for us as we fast, the purpose as we read our Bible is so that we could draw near to God. So friends, the other things that I'm just excited to talk with you about today and this is where we'll spend the majority of our time, is our word of the year. Each year, I, I just try to get a sense, maybe a word, a phrase, a verse, man, that I just feel like the Lord is saying, hey, here's a target. Here's something to be mindful of. Here's something to let frame, guide, lead. And, and I think sometimes the word of the year for me, it's not just personal thing, but I do think it's a corporate thing. I think it's for our church. But I also believe if it's for the community, then I have the ability to also embrace it personally. And so that's what I'm offering you today is an opportunity to say yes and amen to it as a, as a church, as a, as a body, but also to lean in and go, man, yes, that's, that's what I want. Amen. Let it be so. Let it be as you have said. Let it be unto me the same. And so if you will, come with me to Isaiah chapter 60. Isaiah chapter 60, and we're going to read three verses here. 
And it says, Arise, shine, for your light is come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and the thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you and his glory will be seen upon you. And the nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Would you bow your heads? Would you pray with me? Jesus, we love you. And God, we thank you. Lord, for your word. God, we thank you, Lord, for tools that can bring us deeper into relationship and awareness of you. Fasting does just that. And God, we thank you, Lord, for this word to us today. Lord, I pray that our hearts and our lives would be molded and shaped and formed by your word. And for that, God, we'll be quick to give you the praise now and forever. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And so for the next few moments, I want to unpack what is going to be our word for this year. And it's simply this, more light. More light. I came across this phrase as I was reading and and looking into some of the works of, of Charles Spurgeon. Charles Spurgeon, known by many as the sort of Prince of Preachers, is his nickname. What what a great nickname. Maybe, maybe, Maybe one day I could get a cool nickname like that. I don't know, but, but that's, a, that's probably top shelf for pastors and preachers, the prince of preachers. Spurgeon pastored in London and had opportunity to go and see where that church was. And man, it's just, it's phenomenal to see just what God did through the spirit and through the word, the, the sense, the, the preaching, the, the declaration of the gospel. And people would, would come and they would, would find the Lord and they would find salvation. And it was, it was just powerful. And so he's sort of chronologued his sermons and they're there. You can revisit them. You can read them. And in one of his sermons, there's an anecdote that he tells of a Puritan pastor who was in a sort of debate with someone, point, counterpoint. As this person was sort of under the onslaught, he was found to be writing on his paper. He's brought to question. He's being taken to task and he kept writing on his paper, on his paper. And when people actually looked at what he had written while his words in his mouth was silence, what was filling the page was simply this phrase, more light, Lord, more light. More illumination, more understanding, more under awareness. Not that people would hear what we have to say or what we think, but that the light of Christ would be shown for this Puritan in the midst of this discourse. A phrase has been written on the whiteboard in my office for months now. Now, so as I'm getting around the time of I man, just thinking and praying and considering, man, God, what are you saying to us? It's our third year as a church. What are you saying to us? A phrase kept bubbling in the spirit, and I kept reading in the scriptures places where light and how it is talked about. And over the next few weeks, we're going to unpack some of the implications for that. But this text here today, there are some things that I want us to grab hold of and I want us to be aware of because as it talks about more light, it's important for us to see that the people of Israel, they're in a time, Isaiah the prophet is writing and he's chronologuing what is taking place and what is happening. And they're in difficult time. In verse in chapter 59, if you would read it right before you get to 60, it talks about darkness. It talks about a sense of, of oppression. And here you have this sort of declaration. It begins with arise, get up. 
And I, I want us to hear what the Spirit is saying to our church. I want to move you through four things I want you to grab hold of and see uh, in this text. And I think that they are going to be pivotal for us as a church, but I also would submit them to us personally that we could grab hold of them. And the first one is simply this, and I wrote it this way, who turned the light on? Who turned the light on? It's a phrase, if any of you have kids or you've been a kid, which we all have, you've heard a parent or someone say this to you, who turned these lights on? There's lights on everywhere. I want us to see this through the lens of this text. It says that the Lord will arise upon you. What it means is that God himself will shine his light on you, in you, and through you. I want you to see that rhythm, that the light that God shines will be shined on you. Some of you have experienced this in your life where the light of God, that God's hand was placed on something, a business venture, a season in your life, a relationship, that God turned a light on and he shined it. And it seemed that you got exposure, you got elevated, and you knew that you had nothing to do with it, that this was God. The scripture says to us and promises to us, and that his light is shining on us. It's also shining in us. We're going to deal with this in the next few weeks, but I want you to get ready for it. The light of God shining in us means that the darkness that may be lingering must be extinguished. You see, many of us, we want to talk about God shining a light on us. We want to talk about God shining a light through us. Man, God, lift me up. God, bless me. God, elevate me. God, use me. When the reality is what has to also take place in the middle of those two things is, God, would you purify me with your light? Never forget, friends, what we see in Genesis chapter one. The very first thing that God does is he separates light from darkness. And you and I and humanity, ever since that moment of God separating light and darkness, have been trying to find a way to let darkness cuddle up to the light again. And I'm challenging you. I believe the Lord is challenging us. And that this is a year. As God shines the light on us, may we allow the light of Christ to shine in us. Here's what it sounds like. David's words from the Psalms. Search me, O God, and know me. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there's any wickedness in me and lead me to the way of everlasting. Listen to me, friends. I don't want God to shine a light on any of us that the character within us is enabled and unable to actually sustain. Many of you could tell story upon story of people that you knew whose gifts and talents got them to a place that their character could not sustain them. And God does want to do. God's promise to his people, his promise to us is that his light, the light of God desires to shine in, on, and through us. How do we do that? What does it look like for those things to happen? Listen to this. When we lay down our pride in submission to him, when we put the good of others ahead of our own religious accomplishments, when we live lives that embody his truth and justice, then and there, the darkness is extinguished for the light. And that light is not our own, but it is the light of God. 
This is where we have to be very, very careful because if we're not careful, we want to shine our own light when it needs to be the divine light in us, the light of God shining through us. The second thing I want you to write down, I see this in the scripture. I just phrase it this way. First one is who turned the lights on. The second one is, is what are you wearing? The Bible here says that that we will be seen with the glory of God on us. The glory of God on us. The the word there that is used in the Hebrew, that talks about glory. The the, the word, it, it means weight. There's a weightiness to it. Yes, it talks about honor. Yes, it means respect. Yes, it means that there's importance. But there's also this sense that there's this gravity to it. There's this weight of God's glory. I want us to be clear that the glory that it's talking about here, if you're familiar with the scripture, you you see this word glory, the glory of God talked about time and time again. We we see in the Ark of the Covenant that there's this promise that between the two wings, that the the glory of God, the presence of God, that it would dwell, the Shekinah would, would dwell in that place. But here's what I want us to be be aware of, and I want us to celebrate this fact. That, if you think about it this way, that is a localized glory. The glory of God is in a specific place for a specific time for a specific reason. That's something to celebrate. We know where to go, how to find it, what to do. I mean, the glory of God is among his people. But, But can I encourage you with this? I mean, the glory of God is not stuck between two angels' wings on the top of, a, of an ark. Man, but the glory of God is present. The glory of God is near. Listen how the word says it, that the whole earth is filled with the glory of God. The whole earth is filled with the glory of God. Jesus is and was the glory of God on display. And friends, you and I have the Holy Spirit The Holy Spirit is the glory of God within us. Can I remind you that this is an uncommon weight? Some of you, when we think about this idea of the glory of God being on us, some of you, I want to prepare you in this way. This may be a year for some of you of carrying a weight that you've never carried before. For some of you, this is going to be a sense that, man, you feel and you have an awareness of God's presence, and it just seems different than it did in the past. Because some of you will move from a place where you're trying to find God's glory localized in a place, in a gathering, and you begin to see that you can seek the face of God, not just the hand of God. You begin to see that you can lean into the presence of God on a daily basis where your time in the word begins to get so strong and you begin to get the word sort of in your heart, it begins to flow out of your mouth. You begin to lead meetings differently. You begin to speak to colleagues and friends differently. Your relationships have a different texture to them because the glory of God is on you. People will begin to notice, man, what? And what are you wearing? And for you, it won't be a, a name brand or a designer that you sort of give credit to, oh, I'm wearing, I was styled by, but no, it's the glory of God. It's promised to us that not only is the light shining on us, but it is the glory that is also upon us. 
Now see the reasoning for these things. You see, we ask for more light and we're praying, God, more light, more light. Why are we praying that? Man, we want the light of of God on us and in us and through us. We want the glory of God to be what we wear. But make no mistake, friends, this is so that all the world will know. The scripture says this, that the nations would come to the light. Men, why do we want to be the city that is positioned on a hill? Why do we want to be the light that is stronger than we were before so that all will know? The mission of, the, of, of our Savior has always been reaching those that were lost. And friends, my challenge for us this year as a church and personally for every one of us that we will have a tenacity, that we will have a heart that longs and yearns for those who do not know to come into a full experience and understanding and awareness of who Jesus is so that all the world will know. And then there's this final thing that I just think is incredibly unique. Not only will the nations know, but it says that kings will take notice. I think this is a year when God's light shines in, through, and the glory of God is upon us. And as God begins to move in your life and in the life of our church, I believe people with influence and people in positions of power are going to take notice. Now listen to me, this isn't so that we can be like, oh, look at this and see who our friends are and take pictures and be posted in places. No, friends, it always comes back to so that all the world will know. That means we want to see coming to salvation, the haves and the have nots, those that are strong, those that are weak, those that, that have much, those that have little. We want all of the world to know who Christ is. So church, this year, let it be a prayer in your heart, in our lips, and our mouths. More light, Lord, more light. We want to do the best with the light that we've been given. But God, our prayer is that if you find us faithful, would you increase it? Would you increase it? Would you, would you give it more potency, more power, more influence, more real estate? Would you, would you do that, God? Many of you remember a prayer in the Old Testament. The prayer of Jabez. We enlarge our territory, God. We bless us with more, more light. Not for our glory, not for our honor, not for our own shine, but that those would see the good works in us and that they would give honor and glory to Jesus. It's going to be an incredible year of more life. Grace and peace, church.